Bang! Here we are with the Rethink Podcast, episode number 144,000. <laughs> I thought episode we were on 666. Six, six, six. Six. Yeah. Uh, I think that was last new. week. Mm. Something new. It's this, been every podcast from this series. This episode, I think the logo for this episode, this whole podcast, is the mark of... No, let's not go there. <laughs> so we got flagged last week. Yeah, we did. You know so you're living right. We made it. Whenever you get flagged. Facebook doesn't agree with our interpretation. I, I, feel, I feel great about it. I so like is it one of these people out here watching us, or is it the entity of Facebook? Um, I would assume it's the entity of Facebook. Yeah. Because we don't think would, anybody actually watches, right? Well, very few. <laughs> Especially the very few that disagree with us. <laughs> Terry, Terry Sapp watches faithfully. But yes. if he disagrees with us, he tells us. He does. Right? And so it's not, he's not flagging us. Julie Galloway watches every That's week. That's true. Julie, was it you? It it was been. it? It could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it it could have been. Could have been. Somebody knows? flagged us. And I think it's because we used that, that word that starts with the V. Mm-hmm. Vi- uh, We're not going to say it. We're not going to say virus. <laughs> Oh, that one. I thought he was going to go in a different direction <laughs> for a second. I go didn't on. know where that was headed. <laughs> Nervous. I didn't either. Still don't. Okay. Uh, we're taking a big chunk today, and we're lighthearted, as we often are. Mm-hmm. But this is heavy. It's going to get heavy today. What were we thinking when we were like, hey, let's preach eight chapters of Revelation in one weekend? Yeah. We were thinking we, we don't understand it very well, so let's... That's true. You don't you understand know. it. It's Next summer, let's Song do of that. Solomon. <laughs> Song of Solomon. It's you, who are how many kids are you about to have? <laughs> okay, never mind. Let's not do that. <laughs> you don't need Song of Solomon. Oh man. Uh, so here's what we've been doing. At least I've been doing is when I don't understand, well, really anything past chapter four. Um, I've been getting old to Shane, and uh, Shane Wood. Yeah, talking to him about uh, the text, and man, he's he's been so great to to help us kind of walk through this. I also turned to this old book by William Hendrickson, More Than Conquerors. See, I've taken an oath not to use paper anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this one is in a digital version. It's like 1940. But the truth hasn't changed since 1940, so it's pretty good. I'm going to read a clip from it today, but I'll wait till I get the right moment. Ooh. Oh, he's going to set it up. leave us hanging. Well, I don't know when it is yet, mm. but when there's silence in the room... I'll He's going to strike. Chapter, we're starting in chapter 13. Yeah. Yeah, chapter 13 is what we talked about. And we actually, it's, <clears throat> could be chapter 12 too. Yeah, it's, but yeah. Yeah. We covered that last week mm-hmm. so thoroughly that there's nothing left to discuss. Yeah, that guy was, wow. Honest. I did like your air traffic <laughs> controller comment. <laughs> yeah, when you watch yourself on, on the screen or on the internet, it's like, wow, I really talk with my hands. Out. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. really talk surprising about a, a jetliner did not land in the auditorium with my emotions. Do you remember the first time we did uh, a sermon during, like, when we had the lockdown? We were all, like, shaking our hands. And we're like, all oh, well, somebody said it was. Distracting. If somebody said something we agreed with, we all... Everybody shook their like, head. Yeah. I don't I think, think we ever stopped moving. I, don't th- I think it was, like, 30 minutes of continuous head shaking. Yeah. I still do it. I'm like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I'm consciously like, I just need to just keep looking at you and not move my head. The second week we got ready to record, we got literally ready to hit the record button. Jeff goes, oh, hey, by the way, 
don't shake your heads for half an hour. It's like, <laughs> we look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, we're delaying the inevitable, which yeah. is jumping in over our head here. So uh, what's this all about, Matt? The yeah, dragon. So the the dragon, dragon. The beast. And the beast. The end times. The sign. The mark. Really? Like, this is the, this the, is the topic that people have been waiting for, for us to talk about. And uh, it's now the time. <laughs> I'm actually pretty pumped about this. Because you're going to identify clearly what the Mark of the Beast is. I think <sighs> so. we're in the weeds where people are interested today. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, the, the dragon will call forth two beasts in chapter 13. In chapter 13, verses 1 through 10 is the first beast. Uh, we learn that this beast looks very similar to the beast mentioned in Daniel chapter 7. And really, the, the point to make is that a lot of this stuff is imagery from the old testament imagery that they were very familiar with mm -hmm. we're not mm -hmm. well yeah i mean yeah. when when you, they read this they're hearing it do you think most people know what daniel 7 says right now <laughs> no that was their bible right okay so yeah. they knew daniel 7 but we don't so as they're reading this they're thinking through the lens of the known powers of the world so they're thinking Babylon, Persia. Well, you fast forward to chapter 13 of Revelation, and these people are thinking Rome. And the thing is, like, they're not, they're not totally wrong in that. I mean, you know, this beast represents governmental power and authority. And so they're not, they're not wrong. It's just that it's not only Rome, right? And one of the things that Andrew and I were talking about leading to this message is that really this, this beast in a word is... Well, it's evil, mm -hmm. right? And the goal of this beast is to get you to worship anything other than Jesus, whatever that looks like. And so that's that's the first beast in the first 10 verses, and then verses 11 through 18 are the, the second beast. And really the goal of the second beast is to get you to worship the first beast. Yep. So, I mean, that's, well, that's really the summary of it. So the way, the way these uh, the last two sermons have flowed together is because of, it's shown you at the beginning how this ends up, you know, but it's also shown you that these beasts, this evil that is that uh, the dragon Satan is trying to get you to worship. It's not going to end well, mm -hmm. you know, it's already shown you that. And now you're going to start to have some revealing of what that actually looks like. Can't we safely say that there have been representations of these two enemies? Throughout history, oh yeah, yeah. So it's not just futuristic. We're not waiting an impending new world order and a new rise of these things to happen. These things have been happening. Yeah. Well, and and the thing that we often see happen, and I think I've probably even been guilty of this in the past, is we have a tendency to look at chapter thirteen and to separate it from the rest of the book, especially in the front half. You know, so we lose sight of the fact that that these are real people that Jesus is writing to through John. Mm -hmm. That they're dealing with real struggles and real issues and and one of the things we have to remember is that this cannot make this cannot mean something to us that didn't mean to them. Like it's gotta make sense. So I think about this too as we have been journeying through Revelation is so Satan from the beginning has his goal is to disrupt, distort, and distract us from what God has called us to, mm -hmm. and, which is a perfect relationship 
in Christ, right? And so as we even look at chapter 13, it ends with the 666, right? So many things there. If you go back and translate that into words, it's the beast. That's what 666 translates. Wait a minute. <clears throat> so what you're I, talk- I think you just jumped something there that people don't know, or some people may not know. Numbers had meanings. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just not just interpretations, but sometimes they had a, a, a literal definition. Right. Well, essentially, you know, it's the process Shane talks about the process of gematria. Yes. Right. And so it's the association of letters and numbers together. And so for us, it would be like placing a one with the letter A or a two with the letter B. And they would use these letters and these numbers to communicate. And if you had insight and understanding, you understood it. If you didn't, you didn't. Right. Yeah. So, so, so the six 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 to the Jewish mind is the beast. The beast is basically this idea of what you laid out there: mm-hmm. false allegiance, you know, and false worship. And so Satan from the garden, that's what he's been trying to do: is get a mm-hmm. false worship and a yep. false allegiance to. Anything other than Christ. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't care who you worship as long as you're not following Christ. Right. Yep. So any kind of option is, is what he's seeking mm-hmm. to get yep. you to take. Yeah. So you think about throughout history and just evil has been present. Like Satan's been doing a pretty good job of infecting, you know, the lives and the hearts of people. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when we're talking about this spiritual battle, there's a real spiritual battle going on. For every single one of our souls. And Jesus has the cure for that. He He is the cure for that when we have a relationship with him. And that's why, like, this is a, it's a warning, but it's also to be able to peel back and have a perspective of why are things happening the way they're happening throughout history is because, like, there's a cosmic battle going mm-hmm. on for eternity. Yep. Yeah. But the good news is, of Revelation, is Jesus wins. Yep. And it's a reminder. So it's not that we should be scared of this or even surprised, but it's like but Jesus yeah. is. But the, the problem is, is that people come to this. They come to verse eighteen of Revelation thirteen, and here's what happens: they read it and they go, "Oh, geez," and they they <laughs> stop. Hold on, a, hold on a second. We're under construction <laughs> in the building here. <laughs> this is. Somebody is cutting a hole. Somebody's cutting a hole in the floor we're standing on. We we may fall through. I can hear Saul's on. Something's happening. Don't be distracted. It's the mark of the beast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna try to pick up because I don't remember where I was. Oh yeah. So people come to come people come to verse 18, and they they just stop stop right there. Let me read it. This calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is man's number. The number is 666. Yeah, they, they come to it, and they they kind of freak out, right? Try to figure well, out what it means. We, we lose all historical context when we, we all of a sudden jump to to modern-day time. Our America. life. America. Yep. Fox News, whatever. And we interpret that number mm-hmm. with total disconnect from context well and they base a theology on a number that is mentioned one time in the bible yeah so you're going to take you're going to take the entirety of your bible and you're going to narrow down to one verse and one number and go this is it yeah so i i think and andrew probably has more info specifics on this but the rise of premillennialism 
which is the idea that that Christ is going to return, thousand year reign, that we're going to be raptured out. That's mm-hmm. an eight, two hundred year old or less idea. Yeah, probably hundred, uh, late eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and we don't. I don't. I don't want to speak for all of you, but I don't hold that view. Tribu- the tribulation. We talk about the great tribulation. Who are these that wear the white robes? The elders are asked. Well, they they are the ones who came out of the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. Well, we are in the great tribulation. Uh, my view is that we, from the time of Christ's ascension until the time of Christ's dramatic return, which could be at any moment, mm-hmm. we are in the midst of tribulation. We are in this battle against these beasts and the the efforts and attacks of the enemy to get us to to not share the gospel or follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And this stuff is happening and right I, now. And I think that's exactly what the text is asking us if we really zoom out. Because, you know, chapter 13 ends with 666, okay? And we've learned in verse 17 when it says the number of its name. We use those two, those two words and we find out through gematria that this is the name beast. So its name is beast. 666 is a beast. We come to the text and what do we do? We go, oh my. Let's uncover the puzzle, and we shut yep. our Bible, and yep. we don't we don't practice the basic rule of context. Yep. What's context say? We have to keep reading. We turn to chapter fourteen, verse one. Read about one hundred forty-four thousand. The Father's name being on the head, the forehead of those who, you know, of those who are victorious over the beast. You take the name God in Greek, and you take the name Lamb in Hebrew. You use the same process, mm-hmm. and you get seven, seven, seven. The text is asking, hey, which which trinity are you worshiping? Right. Are you worshiping the enemy? Is that who marks your life? Or are, are you following the Father? And so even in, okay, so in 13, and this is a repeated pattern too, of like whenever it talks about, um, you know, they're going to, they're either going to live righteous or they're yeah. going to go to the strength. And this message is that question. Revelation is like, which one are you? Yeah. And it's this is meant to push and to separate. So when yep. Jesus says, you know, I didn't come to bring peace, but to divide, you know, and split up. Like the gospel and Jesus, and this message is an echo of that. It's saying, who do you worship? Mm-hmm. And it's it's to push us to one of those camps. It's like, if you're going to be evil, go be evil. You know, and that's how we're going to end chapter 22 later on. And if you're going to be righteous, then... Let's be righteous. Yeah. But like not this middle, I don't know. Yeah. So this text is like pushing the believers, are you in or not? Yeah. That's what uh, chapter tw- chapter 10 when it talks about the scroll. Yep. It's it is sweet in the lips or in the mouth, it is uh, sour in the stomach and it's talking about the gospel. Like to the person who has accepted the gospel, has believed in Christ, the the gospel is great news for those who don't. Uh, it's not. And, and so there is this choice all the way through. And I think where this is continuing, because the element of choice is throughout all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you need to know who you're who you're choosing, yep. how, what it means for you, what it's going to end up ultimately. But then you get to, um, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, then you get to chapter 13 and 14, and it talks about uh, the idea of the name being written on their foreheads. Later on, you're going to see uh, when it talks about the mark of the beast on their foreheads and on their hands. And it's, it's going back to, is it Deuteronomy where it's talking about the yep. phylacteries? Yep. Like, what you believe... Explain on, that. Okay, Explain so, what a phylactery is. Yeah, so they would take 
uh, I don't remember the scripture that they would use, but they would bind this scripture in a box. We saw that at the Wailing Wall. Yeah. Well, and we also saw it in the airport. Yeah. Um, so they had it bound to their head. Um, there's there's a, I don't know if it's a little scroll or whatever it is. It is a little scroll. Okay, so it is inside this box strapped to their forehead, and then they've got leather straps all the way down their all arm, the way down and their it's arm. tied onto their wrist. But the idea is that what you believe affects what you do. And so that's why with the Mark of the Beast, it's talking about their forehead and their hand. Yep. Because what you believe, I'm trying <laughs> to just keep Saul's on going, going through right here. Now. Uh, <laughs> this what is you amazing. believe ultimately affects what you do. And yeah. so the, the God that you've chosen to serve ultimately affects how you're going to live. And it's, the, it's asking this question, like, may it be so noticeable <laughs> to everyone that is around you who you worship it's as if it's on your body. Yep. Like it's that noticeable by the way you live. I so I had a conversation before with with somebody who believed in the literal mark of the beast. And, yeah. And again, I'm not making fun of that. That's a very very common belief in our society. Um, it's a new thing though. It is, but I th- I think <laughs> how how dumb <laughs> would Satan have to be to use something so obvious? Yeah. Because even people who don't believe in Christ know about the mark of the beast. Even people who don't know Christ would have the option to have something put on their forehead and something literal written on their hand. You would have to be an absolute idiot to well, do that. And the thing is, is that like... You know, like, no, I've seen that before. Idiots, I've seen that before. <laughs> oh, there would probably still be some do it. But I'm just saying like... But don't you think like... The enemy's smarter than that. Don't you think Jesus knows? He knows that if it... He knows all things. When we talk that, about... He's sovereign. I'm, yeah. When we talk about a mark, like <clears throat> we think it... We could... We, th- we narrow it down to try to one thing, right? Yeah. But really it's it's anything that, that takes us away from our allegiance of, of who God is. But wouldn't we be tempted to put our salvation and our hope in a mark rather than our Savior? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It would be I, I completely agree with you. Because yeah. here's the deal, like so for all the generations that have lived between Christ and us today, right? So were they just exempt from the mark of the beast? Did right. it not did revelation not apply to them? Right. Because or were they just raptured? You know? Right. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so if if Jesus doesn't come back in our lifetime, does this apply to us? Because if right. we if we narrow it down to this is what it is. Yep. In our lifetime, but it could be for for them in the first century, the the mark of Domitian. You know, did you did you offer incense to enter the marketplace? Mm-hmm. That that's that's a yep. real application. Yep. Because they chose to surrender to and worship Domitian in order to participate in the culture. So there have been things in history where where we accept what's going on in our world uh, and we put our trust in that Mm -hmm. instead of our allegiance given over to God. And that's the thing. It had nothing to do with the literal mark of Domitian, you know, like taking the mark, okay, whatever. But it's more of the trust in what the mark brings. So we've been asked... So We're I think get flagged again. Here we go. I think there's multiple marks. Just to yeah, you know. there are marks. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So we've been asked: Is the vaccine a mark of the beast? And here we, we go. Just got flagged. Boom. Flagged. Bam. Mark. And, and I say, yes, but no. I mean, it can be. For if you put your trust in anything, yeah. other than God, that's a mark of the beast in you. Whether it has physical representation or not, 
Right. You know, it, yeah. But at the same time, it's like money. You know, yeah. Money. Yeah. Power. Yep. All those things. So, like, that's the that's what Satan does, though. Mm-hmm. Comfort. You want to talk about one of the marks of the beast, I think, in our society today is Satan lullabying us to sleep, you know, in our own comfort. Because we take refuge in that. Yep. If we find our security in, in having enough for our retirement, you know, I've got to build this account, so I've got enough when I retire, or saving enough for a rainy day. If that's our security, that's a mark. Yep. yep. So I don't think it's one. Yeah. Yep. But I do agree with you, like, on the demission point, like, that was a – it resonated. Here's the thing. I think – the mark of the beast resonates with the culture in which it finds itself. Yep. Because you, you're, the then choice is clear. Yeah. Are you trusting this or are you trusting God? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's this false allegiance and false worship is really in my mind whenever I – like anything that does that because that's Satan's scheme. That's his you know, strategy. Yep. So, oh, you're about to – Dump some knowledge. I saw the the readers go on. (laughs) It's the readers go on. Here we go. We interpret the picture as follows. This is uh, Mr. Hendrickson, William Hendrickson, more than conquerors. Satan, having failed to defeat the Christ, continues his attack upon the church. He directs his fury against the church because the church has brought forth the Christ. But the Lord protects his people. He bears them on eagles' wings. In the desert of affliction, this earthly sojourn, he has prepared a place for them and nourishes them with the manna of his word. Here the church resides, away from the face of the serpent, that is, away from Satan's most direct and deadly attack. The devil cannot destroy her. This is the millennium of Revelation 20, which I'm doing that in two weeks. True, the evil one tries to engulf the church in a stream of lies, delusions, religious isms, philosophical falsehoods, political utopias, quasi-scientific dogmas, but the truth church, the true church is not fooled. Worldly people, on the other hand, are ready to swallow the entire river. This failure to deceive the church makes the devil very angry. He's determined to direct his attack against the rest of the woman's seed. That is against the individual believer. And, and it's just this picture of battle that we're engaged in, that we have been and will continue to be engaged in until the day that Jesus comes back and says, that's it. Yeah. One thing, uh, someone in my life group had kind of like an epiphany this week, was that Satan and Jesus are not equal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, like, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. you know. Satan is limited. He is a created being, whereas Jesus is God, completely divine. And so Jesus and Satan are not on the equal playing field. Like Jesus is, you know, I was joking with you about being sovereign. Like he's king of kings, Lord of lords. Read it in chapter 19. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's coming back with all authority, just like when he left. You know, he gave all authority, all authority. Satan is a created being limited by time, space, and rules. Like, even if you go back to Job, he doesn't do anything outside of God's allowance. Yep. And so we got to remember that our adversary, Satan, though he is like a lion, you know, seeking to destroy, the, the one we have allegiance in, Christ, 
is king of kings, lord and lord, over all things. He's not like a lion. He is yeah. the lion. Yeah. That's exactly right. The lion of Judah. Yep. Mm. So so that's that's the message, Matt, that you, you reiterate twice, chapter 13, chapter 14. That when I divided these passages up, I thought that's the key to this. Uh, chapter 13, verse 10, chapter 14, verse 12. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Endurance and faith. We don't have to win. It's been won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got to remain faithful. Yep. Yep. And I think, too, like we've got to remember, as we see what's happening in our culture, we have to remember that the way we fight and the way we push back is not the same way that the beast fights. Yeah. Like we we are, verse 10, in the very beginning of that, it, it, it's like Jesus echoing the words of himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah. We don't fight the same way. Yep. We, we are fighting in a, in a different way. We're fighting in the ways of inviting every single person we know to follow Jesus. We're we're inviting we're we're standing out because we're we're calling people to to live how Jesus has said to live. So our our battle we think we got to remember as Paul says like it's against it's not against flesh and blood. Yep. It's a spiritual battle. It's raging on, all around us. Which to the world looks weak. Yep. You know I I think we're seeing that even more and more now. I was. I told you guys before we started filming that uh, last night with my life group, and then last week I watched a documentary on YouTube called "Sheep Among Wolves," um, and it's basically talking about how what Christians go through in the underground churches of the Middle East. And the thing that stuck out to me was talking about this guy was talking about um, how he deals with the persecution that he faces on a daily basis, and and whether that's beatings, whether that's ridicule in the marketplace, whatever that looks like, um, even up to and including their own, their very lives, the the way he says that he's able to deal with that is by focusing on the age to come. And there's this quote that, that he yeah. comes back with and he says, because in light of eternity, what is one day of death? What's 10 days of torture? What's 10 years in prison? What's 40 years in solitary confinement compared to eternity? And in that moment, I it almost broke me because I'm just like, man, I, I'm, I get so focused on these little inconveniences that take such a precedent in my heart. And yet he's got the right idea. He's like, you know what? The way I win is maybe not even now. Maybe it's not how the world sees victory yet, but it is, it is eternity. It is the age to come. This is, this is the victory that has already been won for us through Christ. And whatever that means for the here and now if we're faithful to him, we're, we win. So don't you see so many Christians right now are, are angry at, at the culture, maybe negative. We're, we're withdrawing. Yep. We're, we're scared. I mean, I think we're taking a posture that's, that's defeated. And, and I think I think it's probably good to clarify, like, I've felt all those emotions, too. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, I have felt the right. anger. I've watched a documentary on, on the, the Nazi takeover of Hungary and the extermination of Jews. And that was last week. And I watched that thinking, oh, my. Yeah. That's like, we're living this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a different form. We're living a lot of these principles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for a, a bit, I was overwhelmed and scared. 
you know. And it's good to be concerned, I guess, but and aware, but we win. That, that's the, the ultimate. Is, and the thing is, it's, it's not that it's not that we don't fight. You know, like I've heard the phrase, "It is time to fight," and it's time to stand up. And I, I agree. A with political all. revolution is not going to bring victory. No, and right. I and I completely agree. I'm not, I'm not saying that we is we should be rolled over. But what I'm saying is like that that fight is distracting us from our most important fight. Yep. yep. And man, that's a dangerous line to walk. The yep. the battle raging right now. I mean, today, you know, right here in town is is mask or no mask. Mhm. Right? And I think you get involved in those discussions, but yet well, <laughs> all of your focus can't be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would just say uh, you know, like how are you praying for him? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. God has to be in the middle of that. Because that's, that's a, can become, that political discussion becomes a distraction. That, that's the thing is like, if you want to be dangerous, you pray. Mm-hmm. And you pray for them. And if you want to get in the fight, that's the most, that's a practical way to get in right now. And I, th- I think like we all, we've talked about this before, we all have our opinions on, on the sure. social issues of the day. But, that is not the most important battle that we're in right now. And if that is taking our focus off of the gospel, whew, well, we're treading dangerous What ground. that battle is doing to us today is dividing people who follow Jesus yeah. from each other. Yep. And that is what the beast wants to do. Yep. It's, yeah. If he can divide us, he will conquer. Right? And if we get divided over, over his marks, or whatever mm-hmm. that we face culturally, uh, we we don't patiently endure and faithful remain faithful. We've got to come together around the cross and keep keep our focus ultimately upon him. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. Easy said, very hard to do. Yeah. We win. Got to keep telling yourself that. He wins. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for joining us. If this didn't get flagged off of uh, viewership, <laughs> we're glad that you saw it. Thanks. Nice.